Hello and welcome to the Sunday Jumpstart Podcast, a weekly podcast helping goal-getters dish the excuses, do the work, and make it happen. My name is Jessica Lauren and you are listening to episode 116. Hey y'all, hey, and welcome back to this week's episode of the SJS Podcast. Happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you for spending just a few minutes with your girl over here on the podcast. You could be doing a whole number of other things, but I really appreciate that you're just hanging out with me here on the podcast. So what are we doing today? Well, today we are continuing our So You Wanna series, okay? Last week we had Treasure Mallory um, come on the show and talk about what it's like to be a full-time creative entrepreneur. If you have not listened to that episode, be sure to go back because she dropped so many gems and was super vulnerable about the ins and outs of being a full-time creative, right? So today I was like, okay, who could come up next on the docket? What makes sense? And I was like, you know what? I think social media is another way um, that a lot of us break into entrepreneurship. And who better than none other than Michelle Thames to come on the show and talk about how that like how social media is a very viable and real real career path that all of us can venture out on and if you don't believe me listen social media is a billion dollar industry and those billions of dollars isn't just reserved for people with a million followers or a hundred thousand followers you can get in on a piece of that pie by just being your most authentic self speaking to your audience showing up keeping it real and having a little bit of strategies to get brands to notice you and to put some coins in your pocket and Michelle is living proof of that Um, she did it and today she's going to guide you through how you can become a social media influencer now listen I know sometimes we hear that word influencer and we are like ill right it has become kind of a cringy word but influencing is something that we all do when you call your girl like girl you better go to Marshall's they got these you know mugs on sale five dollars you were just being an influencer right um you when you have your podcast or your art or the clothes that you sell or you know when you chilling um at the park and you hanging out with other moms and you talking about bottles and blankets and all that all of us are influencers it does not have to be a bad thing like I said um influencers and social media has introduced a lot of us into the business world so it doesn't have to be a bad thing so if you've been really wanting to learn more about it but maybe a little bit shy or embarrassed because it's like who am I you know like that's not a real job trust me I know what that feels like as a former actress as you know somebody in the social media sphere I get it but today I'm giving you full permission to go all in and learn from Michelle on you know how you can become an influencer that is paid paid pretty well so who is Michelle Thames okay Michelle is a top rated social media expert strategist speaker content creator and entrepreneur Michelle has worked with one of the fastest growing beauty brands creating and implementing social media strategies that garnered sales in the millions baby girl know what she doing okay she is also the founder of Thames Media Solutions a social media agency dedicated to helping creatives and brands thrive on social media. Michelle is the content creator behind HappilyEverNatural.com, a platform that inspires women to be confident, courageous, and unique in every way. During her 11-year career as a content creator, she has partnered with brands such as Toyota, 
Ole, Subway, True Value, and many more. Y'all, I'm so super excited about today's conversation. Grab your popcorn, your mimosa, your coffee, whatever it is, and let's take a listen to this conversation that I had with Michelle Thames about breaking into this social media influencing game. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Jessica. How are you, girlfriend? I am doing so, so good today. It's 60 degrees in Chicago, and we all know that that's a rarity. Come on, somebody. I got on a tank top. I got on cut-off jeans. I am here for the 60-degree weather. (laughs) So I know all about you. I know all your tea because we met years ago, right? But why don't you introduce yourself to those of us in the audience that don't know who you are and what it is that you do? Yes, we did meet years ago. And I remember we we went out to, what was it, the promontory? We and then did. like, we got so busy and never got to meet up again. But I know. <laughs> thank you for having me on your podcast. So I am Michelle. I am a social media strategist and a digital content creator and influencer. I have been in this game 11 years. And every time I say it, I'm like, dang, <laughs> years. So I started off as a natural hair influencer in the natural hair industry, created a YouTube channel and also a blog. And then um, I had a really great opportunity to work for a natural hair brand um, in their social media and digital marketing department. And from there, I pivoted to being my own boss and opening up my own social media agency. So it's really been an amazing journey. Um, But being an influencer has definitely been a large part of my journey. And it's been fun and it's been exciting. And I know so many people have questions about being an influencer. So I'm like, yes, I'm excited to get into our chat today because you can, anybody can be an influencer. Can we? Yes. Girl, so, okay, let's start demystifying stuff right now, right? So I don't know about you, but in my mind, you have to have a million followers um, to start making some good money on social media. Is that a myth or is that real deal, Holyfield? That's a myth. You don't okay. even need 5,000 followers. Mm. What you do need, though, is good, valuable content. That is what you do need. Um, people think like you need a new camera. You got to have a Canon 50D or whatever. You don't need none of that. You don't need 10,000 followers to work with brands. You can start working with brands at a thousand followers. I think it really comes down to the community that you have built online and also your content. That let's just be honest, brands want to work with people who create good content. Um, I think a lot of people want to be influencers because they think it's a get rich quick thing and that you could just make money. But I'm here to tell you that being an influencer and a content creator is a whole lot of work, and that if you're not willing to put in that work to create great content and to do all the work that it takes to be an influencer that this is not for you is not get rich quick. You won't be, (laughs) I didn't even start making thousands of dollars until like years. So it's definitely not something that you can get rich quick, but you don't need 10,000 followers. You don't need to have a large following. You can work with what you have. And there are brands that want to work with nano influencers. And that means if you have less than 10,000 followers. So take us, just take us through the whole process, right? Let's say I'm new to the game. One day I just woke up and I was like, you know what? I I need a creative outlet. 
I want it to be a blog or YouTube. Um, where, where do you start? Should you start with the blog or should you go straight to social media? You and I are OGs. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been in the game for a minute. Back in the day, all you kind of had was a blog. You might've had MySpace and maybe Twitter, but now should people just fast track it straight to social media or should you have a home for all your content? Where do you start? You should definitely have a home for your content. I'm the one to, that's going to say you should have something that's your own. Social media isn't ours. My blog, that is my domain. Nobody can come and take it unless you don't pay for it, can come and take my blog away from me. So I think you really have to be strategic and sit down first and say, okay, do I want to start a podcast or do I want to start a blog? And what's that going to look like? In Google University, is going to be your best friend because that's exactly what I did. When I started, I had no idea what a blog even was. I didn't even know people were making money. I didn't know it was such this huge thing until I got into this world. So if you're like your family or something, it's like not in this world, they're not going to understand what goes on being a creative because they just don't understand the world of creative people and all that it is in this world. So definitely, I will say, if you like to write, start with the blog. If you don't like to write, a blog may not be for you. You can turn your Instagram into a mini blog. A lot of people don't have a blog, but they're still influencers, but they're just social media influencers. They're, they don't technically have a blog or YouTube or whatever. But I would just say, start with whatever it is that you want to pursue first because you can't do it all at once. I started with the YouTube channel and then created a blog and then years later created a podcast and all this other stuff. Like I wasn't trying to do all the things at once because if you try to do that, you're going to be, you're going to go crazy. Yes, you are. Tell me how I know because I used to try to do all the things. Okay, so you brought up something that I want to talk about um, and it's the word value, right? We hear that all the time. Make sure your content is valuable. Make sure your content is valuable, right? But, and, and I think that makes sense for people that are self-help gurus or for coaches or for people that actually teach somebody else how to do something. How do you create value when maybe you are a, com a comic Instagram person or someone that just eat food and review it? You know what I mean? Like, what does value mean exactly? I think when it comes to value, just something that someone else is going to get something out of. I think for food, like if you're a food blogger and you go review all these restaurants, that's great because you're helping me to decide if I'm going to go to this restaurant. And I know there's a there's a guy, Jeremy, he has Black People Eats. And like, because of him, I've learned so much about different food places. And it may not even be like he's like, you know, teaching people anything in particular, but he's helping people to understand about the different restaurants in Chicago or wherever that are Black owned that people can go to, letting you know what they have. So that's providing valuable content because he is doing the research for you and letting you know what's hot, what restaurants you should go to, what restaurants are Black owned. Um, so I think when it comes to being value, just something that somebody else is going to get something out of. Even if you're a fitness, even if you're like a fitness influencer and you share you know, your meals every day, you're still helping people figure out what meals that they should be eating if they want to be healthy and fit. 
I love that, Michelle. Here's another quick question. How do you find your people? Like, let's say, I'm like, you know what? I'm a baker. I want to just bake and I want more business. I want to get my eyes on there. I'm not necessarily teaching people how to bake, but, but maybe I'm showing my behind the scenes. How do I start attracting my ideal audience? And we could talk, is it helpful to talk about on Instagram versus on Twitter versus on Pinterest? Or do you want to stick to one vein, which is easier? <laughs> um, I can go through a few of them on the platforms that I'm most active on. So I'll say for Instagram, for me, when I pivoted from natural hair to this more of a marketing lifestyle space, I had to go find these people. And when I say go find the people, search through hashtags, I do a lot of hashtag searching on people who I think that are interested and that that may be interested in my comments. I mean, not my comments, my content. So what I would do is, is I would go through the hashtags that I use and follow people or leave comments on their page to something meaningful and valuable, not, and it it would be somebody that I would be interested in following because I would follow them back. But by doing that, I led people back to my page and when I say that that's a lot of work, it's a lot of work because oh, I probably so spent like two months of the pandemic when it first started really going heavy at this because I saw opportunity. I'm like, oh, we about to be at home. I need to attract all the people who I think that are going to be interested in learning more about social media from me. Even though I had a lot of those people already in my audience, mm. I probably grew like, I don't know. 8,000 followers or something between oh, wow. or 5,000 like from March till now or something that's slow growth I mean I know there's people out here growing quick on Instagram but not me I'm but some t- people are are praying for a 5,000 in a few months growth you know it's all relative <laughs> yeah so I'm all about that slow organic real growth so I'm not too concerned about like gaining 50,000 followers like mm-hmm. in a week while it's good I mean that's just not my tactic um I had to go and find those people on Instagram and bring them back to my page. Um, right. And just networking with other influencers, they share your stuff. So that's really how I started to develop a community and continue to create my community on Instagram. Now, Twitter is a whole nother Ooh, ball, part, a whole nother game. On Twitter, it's basically for experts and people who are giving advice in their field, right? So I'm a social media strategist. So at first I had just a regular, I mean, regular Twitter where I was just saying natural hair, regular tips. Mm-hmm. I would say about last year was when I really started to get serious on Twitter and I switched up my strategy. I started to share more strategic content that was geared towards being an expert in social media. And once I started to do that, I started to see more followers and more people being engaged with my content and like resharing or retweeting my tweets. If a tweet does really really good then I would just be like okay I need to create something else like this but Mm. going on Twitter too and following people in your niche or different people it's the same type of thing to bring them back to your page now Twitter may not be filled with just a bunch of everyday people you know what I'm saying but you if you use Twitter to gain a network of other professionals I think that that's a good way to use Twitter for because I think a lot of people that follow me on Twitter they're probably professionals in their field too Um, And it's just a good conversation and it's a good platform to be on, especially if you want to be known as an expert. A lot of people, I've gotten clients from Twitter. I've gotten, I found my assistant from Twitter. Somebody retweeted a tweet that I was hiring and she applied and now she's my assistant. So it's, Twitter is 
still goes. So don't forget about Twitter. I'm a testament to that. Like um, I met all of my business besties on there. I got my first target partnership on Twitter. Like Twitter is a real, like you said, a good place to find your network and like your, your peers from your support. Like, I mean, support from your peers in your same industry. I totally agree with that. What were you going to say about Facebook? Facebook is like, ooh, child. <laughs> Facebook is a different, a different beast and a different story. Um, I would say like on my personal Facebook page, I started to just open it up just to random people that want to follow me because I wanted to just not use my Facebook anymore just for my family. And I think I did that about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and just started accepting everyday people. My Facebook profile is public anyway because whatever I'm sharing on Facebook, I'll share on another platform. So it really don't have to be private. I don't use my Facebook just for family. So Facebook is another beast. I created a Facebook group in November. Um, and by doing so, I was able to create a new community of people, of bloggers and influencers. Um, and now I think I have about 350 people in the group. But this That's that is, awesome. again, I went to Instagram and found these people. A lot of the people that I found, I sent a personal message to them asking them to join my group. Mm-hmm. And that was really a good tactic because it just makes people feel more included. It makes them feel more like you're more personable. So that was my strategy of gaining a new community on Facebook through creating a Facebook group. But it, what I'm picking up is that it kind of took you, took you a bit of time to figure out what's your messaging to pivot. Where do I want to show up and all of that? I don't want people to get the message of like, you have to be everywhere all at once. Right. (laughs) Not be everywhere all at once. You will go crazy. Mm -hmm. I say, take a platform and learn that platform for two months before you move on to another platform, because there's Pinterest, there's and you the Pinterest queen. So I'm there's, Pinterest queen. <laughs> there's Pinterest, there's Twitter, there's Snapchat. Now we got Clubhouse. And I got burnt out on Clubhouse and had to like oh, stop for a minute yeah. because it was too much. Too much, yeah. Um, yeah, I really got burned out. I was in Clubhouses every week. I was like, girl, if you don't sit. Sit down. Just- sit. But you know what? Your body will tell you when it's like, okay, this is entirely too much. So we, so basically you have to do work to build your community. They're out there. You might just have to go dig it. I call that going fishing. I would set a timer. Like my timer's on for 20 minutes. Cause you're going to be on social media anyway. Right. But to be intentional about it, like, let me go to this hashtag that I know people in my industry or people that want to follow me are, and just go through the pictures, liking, leaving valuable content comments, like you said. Um, but I like the personal touch that you had of a DM saying, Hey, you know, why don't you come on over to my Facebook group? That's like really high touch connection, I feel like. Yeah, and I feel like the people that are in my Facebook group are more connected and they're just more involved because I searched for them and I knew they were creative. So it it, it really helped. And two, once you create a Facebook group, it'll just come up too. And when people are searching for different Facebook groups, mm. so I know people have found me through that way too. But yeah, really finding those, your people and finding your community. And it is work. A lot of these girls that you all follow on social media, on Instagram have built their communities, but know that it takes time. Even Jack, somebody like Jackie Ina, she had to build that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like anybody is an overnight success. It just doesn't happen like that. You have to go and build and find your community. So once we start finding our community, right, let's talk a little bit about strategy, which is confusing nowadays because 
Instagram has its algorithm and right now it's favoring reels over stories. And if you share your MV post to your story, it might not click back. Like it's, it's all these ever changing rules, right? Um, how do you, how many times a day should we be posting? What, what, what call to action trigger should we be? What the hell should we be doing on Instagram? You, you feel me? It's too much. Maybe <laughs> is too much. And, but that's why you have me as your yes. social strategist. So I can give y'all all the tips, but yes, if you are an influencer, this is what I'm going to tell you. Treat being an influencer like a business. You need to have a strategy. If you want to work with brands, you cannot be all over the place. You want people and brands to take you serious. So you need to have a strategy. And when I say strategy, I mean like knowing what you're going to post, knowing what your content pillars are, knowing what your themes are going to be, not all over the place. Because I go to a lot of Instagram pages and I'm just like, what is What's this? going on? And then yeah. I'm just like, uninterested so you want what you you want people to stay on your page you want people to share your content so you have to have a strategy on how you're approaching that so if you are a blogger or influence and you are a mom blogger are you sharing mom monday tips or tuesday terrible tools or something like that well terrific tools because i don't like saying terrible tools but mm-hmm. <laughs> my daughter or whatever like just make sure that you have a plan when it comes to social media because posting just to post is not going to help you and yes the algorithm is so tricky there's always something going on with the algorithm always something you're going to have to learn what i would say with the algorithm yes you mentioned reels use reels to the best of your ability right now because it will definitely help you get noticed by more people and increase your reach the truth is, is that the Instagram algorithm does change every day. It's working off of data every single day. It is analyzing everybody's accounts and what's every what everybody is doing online. So it's constantly changing. But if you want to be a business owner and you want to be mm. successful on social media, you're going to have to keep up with the algorithm and what's going on. I mean, it's just to be honest, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, social media. Ah, I'm just going to hand it to somebody else. But I mean, if you hand it to somebody else, you're going to have to pay the money. So oh, yeah. if you want <laughs> If you want to figure it out on your own and you want to be successful at it, you do have to pay attention to the algorithm and the different changes, especially with Instagram and the new things that they have coming out and be early adopters to them. Because mm-hmm. I was an early adopter to reels, that's why most people know me as the, oh, the girl who started doing all the reels. Like, because I got on it as soon as it came out and was like, this is what I need to do. Let me come up with a strategy for my reels and put it out there just like with clubhouse too when it was new i don't know i have like seven thousand followers on clubhouse how do i don't even know how but i jumped on it yeah i jumped on it and was like i need to be a pioneer on this app because i need to be known and a lot of people know me from clubhouse a lot of people know me from reels so just stay focused look at the algorithm and see what's happening. You got to kind of listen to what's going on if you really want to continue to build a successful brand on social media, especially Instagram. Yeah, so let's get back to these pillars, right? So when you were talking about Mommy Monday, Terrific Tuesdays, um, are you, for for, what should should the strategy be? Should it be like Monday Mom is going to be an in-feed post. Tuesday is going to be my reel. Wednesday, I'm going to share on Instagram stories three times. Thursday is IGTV. Should you be touching every single part of Instagram? (laughs) 
Absolutely. So there was this new thing that came out and I don't even remember where I saw that, but it was like the new thing for Instagram is you got to share four to seven reels a week, one to two oh. Instagram TV, Ooh. sharing your stories. <laughs> you should be sharing your stories every day to be every honest. Mm-hmm. But right now, the story views suck. And it's not just me because I thought it was just my Mm-mm. Instagram stories. And I'm like, why are the views so low? The views on Instagram stories right now are so low that it's kind of frustrating, but don't let that frustrate you. Just keep posting Instagram stories. Um, you should be posting stories every day for the content pillars should be the categories that you're going to talk about. So for me, I talk about social media. I talk about family. I talk about lifestyle. So things in lifestyle could be you know, my meditation, fitness, well, fitness is another category, but you just want to make sure that you have four to five pillars of things that you continuously talk about so that you can go back to those buckets. Cause some people call them content buckets. And when you're doing your strategy, then you'll be like, okay, today's Monday motivation. I'm going to do a Monday motivation quote post. Now, when I do my strategy, I don't have like everything planned out like so in my content plan because a content plan is different from the social media strategy Mm -hmm. the strategy is how you're going to disseminate everything and what you're going to actually do on social media your content plan that is where the content comes in you're like okay I'm posting this on Monday and it's going to have this is going to be the caption Tuesday I'm going to post this tip Tuesday real Wednesday I'm going to post wellness or something like that so you see how it's easier for you to create content and think about the content when you already have those pillars set you don't have to be like what am I going to post today yep it's not a mystery because you've already done the work yes okay so we got our pillars going we found our people right and let's say we are at I don't know, 2,000 followers, right? And our content is good. Let's say from those 2,000 followers, we get 250 likes or, you know, 300 views on Insta stories. Um, Is now a good time to start pitching the brands? Anytime is a good time to start pitching. (laughs) Yes, but I will say before you pitch to brands, you do want to somewhat develop a relationship with these brands. Start talking about the brands that you like and love. I think there's a lot of misconception, especially with a lot of people sharing influencer marketing tips and how to work with brands, that they miss the part of telling people that you probably should develop a relationship. Most of the long-term partnerships that I have, I've developed relationships with them. I've already started to talk about the brand before I even approach them. Most of, a lot of the, um, the brand deals that I do get, they do approach me, but when I pitch brands, I have already talked about that brand because it's kind of awkward going into a situation like, hey, 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 pay me. And you haven't even really talked about Done anything, right. Can we be friends yet? Can we get to know each other before you ask me out on a date? (laughs) That's how I think of it with brands. Like, can you woo them, court them a little bit before you just come in? Hey, yo, here go my contract. Give me the money, bye. (laughs) Yeah, start tagging the brands. I mean, I still tag brands that I want to work with that I think, you know, they're a good fit for my brand as well. And I'll slide in DMs and say, hey, you know, I love the brand or whatever. And then when when you tag the brands, especially in your stories, and now you're sending them a DM asking for the contact information, if you can't find it or whatever, they're going to see that you've already been talking about them. I had a brand do that last week and they gave me the contact person's information to send to send the pitch. I'm like, hey, do you guys work with influencers? I love this, blah, 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 Can, you know. Do you have a contact? And they're like, oh, sure. We would love to work with you and send me the information. So that's, that's, it could be as simple as that. 
You know what? So building um, relationships, I, I do the same thing. I'm like, whether you pay me or not, Marshalls, I'm I'm still tagging you because I'm always there, Target, all of that, those things. And you really do get your, their attention. It's, it's, I have so many DMs just kicking with brands and eventually they'll start sending you stuff and all that jazz. There's this rhetoric going around on social media, like pay your worth, get your coins, don't work for free. When you are first starting off, Michelle, and you all have no social proof that you can handle a campaign or any of that, what are your views on that? Should you be charging or let's say a brand you love, let's say Dove, for instance, is like, hey, you know, we, we see you tagged us a million times. We want to send you some free products. Do you take the free products and then maybe ask, like, can I get some money? Like, what are you supposed to do when you're new? You Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've definitely done my fair share of free products. And I definitely think that if you are first starting out and you don't have any brand deals under your belt, if Dove wants to send you some product, you better take it and create the most bomb content ever and send it to them and say, my audience love this content. This is what they have to say. Send them, send them the messages that people leave under your post. That is meaningful. Like, I don't think that people forget about that. Like, if, like, I just did a, a, a a campaign with Pantene and like people left some really good comments. So I'm going to send it to the brand. Like they were saying this, like they love, they had no idea you had these products. They tried it and they loved it. So I definitely think that when you first start out, you cannot just come out the gate and be like, you're going to pay me 50 grand for this campaign. It's just not going to work like that. You do have to develop that relationship and understand that, like you said, it's courting, but taking products for free doesn't make you any less of an influencer. Everybody has taken free products. Everybody gets free products still. I still get free products. Like don't stop sending me the free products because yeah, I still look at that as money and I don't have to buy that stuff. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? So. Mm-hmm. Dove approaches you and they want to send you some product and it's a brand that you really want to work with. Now, if it's a brand that you don't want to work with, don't pursue it. But if you want to work with Dove and they want to send you free product, do it. Because if Old Navy say, I'm going to send you some clothes, I'm going to tell Baby. you. <laughs> Old Navy, if you're listening, Old Navy, if you're listening. <laughs> I would love to partner with you. Michelle and Riley, that's our baby girl. They are ready for you, Old Navy. Come And through. Randy, too, my husband, he ready, too. <laughs> I know that's your dream prayer right there. So, okay. Now so much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's say that you, you know, after a while, once you start producing a lot of content, you have that email in your bio, um, brands will start emailing you and being like, hey, we have this product. Um... What do you do when they offer you the whole, like, we'll give you an affiliate link and you get 20% off the product. What should you do then? Like, <laughs> what's People your feelings on that? On affiliate programs. Mm-hmm. Y'all are all asleep. Whoever's listening, you're asleep on affiliate programs. I think though, first starting out, I wouldn't necessarily do an affiliate because I would feel like my audience may not be as engaged. Like if you're just starting out, you may not have developed that relationship with your audience for an affiliate program. But to be quite honest, a lot of people do affiliate programs and are making bank, especially yeah. the girls who do like the like to know it that have 100,000 followers and are always sharing their outfits. Because I used to be like, why are they always sharing these outfits? But people are clicking and buying. Do not get it twisted. They are making money. I know a girl who made thousands off her like to know it link. So you just have to really, again, build your community. And if the brand approaches you and you know that it's something that you can sell, then I would do it. I've yeah. made... 
I've made hundreds of dollars off affiliates and not even going at it real, real hard, but I'm about to because almost every app that you use too has an affiliate program. And if you're using it like Dubsado, for example, I use that for my CRM. Uh, Client retention management. <laughs> yeah, I use it for that. I use it for my invoicing and all of that. And, but they have an affiliate. So if I want to start sharing that, hey, I use Dubsado, here's my code, use it. That's free money. I mean, you can make a blog post about it, mm-hmm. put it on Pinterest. And you know that Pinterest Ooh. can get more affiliate like through the roof. I yes, know it can. I think her name is Making Sense of Sense. You know her? Oh, girl. no, I don't. Mm-mm. But that's a she cute name. <laughs> She's been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. And like, you know how bloggers used to share their income reports. I don't know if people still do that. But right. if she would share her income report, it would be like 20000 from an affiliate. Yep. And just to be clear, if you're new to the game, affiliate marketing is when a company basically gives you a commission for sharing the product that you're already using with your audience. Like Michelle said, sometimes you might have to write a blog post. Sometimes it's as simple as like literally sharing a link, but it is some good money out there in affiliate marketing. So get on it. And and it's pretty simple. Sometimes you have to DM them. Hey, do you guys have an affiliate program? Or you could literally Google, you know, Fabletics affiliate program and, and sign up for the stuff that you use the most. Yes. So if you're using it, share it. Share it, please share all the things. So let's go back a little bit. We talked about how you started blogging. Your career path was completely different when you first started off, right? You were in the healthcare field, right? Yes. So I have a degree in healthcare administration, a bachelor's and a master's. Um, I was actually working, I worked for several hospitals. I used to work for the University of Chicago. I used to work for Chamberlain College of Nursing and also Cook County Hospital, which is where I got fired from in 2016. And then that led me to be a freelancer, which led me to work for My Ill Organic. So I definitely am not the traditional, I don't have the traditional career path. And when I was in all of this, like when I got fired, I'm like, dang, I'm a failure. I had never gotten fired from any job before. But to be honest with you, being fired was the best thing that happened to me because if I wasn't fired, I wouldn't have got the job at Mayel and I would not have got that real life experience working for a beauty brand to be able to do their social media. Like that's huge. And Mayel is such a huge, huge brand, brand today. And for yeah. me to be a part of that, I just look back and be like, wow. Like I was the first person in that role. Like she was doing the social media herself. Before oh my I, God, Mo. Can you imagine? So <laughs> no. it was it was crazy. And yeah, I don't have a traditional career path, but it's okay. Like if you feel like you have a degree in something that you don't love, it is okay to pivot. Um, I felt like, I felt like that. I felt like a fairy, like dad, I got $80,000 in student loan debt. How am I going to tell my family this? But then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to follow my dreams and- I'm going to, I knew that I eventually wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur, but I just knew that that time of my life just wasn't the right time for me to do that. So um, working at Myel just definitely helped me to learn more about the industry and to get real hands-on experience. And it was a great opportunity. I mean, people thought I was actually crazy for leaving my job because it, it was a dream job, but ultimately God told me that there was something bigger for me. And here we are with our own agency. We still influencing. I love it. I really do how you just pivoted. The reason I asked you that question is because in your role at um, 
Mayel, Miel, I always say it wrong. Mayel, <laughs> Jesus, Mary Joseph. Um, you were the person that were working with influencers, right? And mm-hmm. and getting pitches and all of that jazz. Tell mm-hmm. us some of your do's and don'ts for pitching brands. Whew, yes. So I manage the influencer marketing program. Some of my do's and don'ts for pitching brands is do your research, number one. Because if you just approach a brand and you're not even following them, like I used to look at that. Like if somebody would DM the, the brand page and be like, I want to work with Mayel, I would be like, but you're not even following the brand. So how do you want to work with them? Like, I don't get that. So that is a pet peeve of mine. When people pitch the podcast or it'd be like, you don't even follow me, babe. It's <laughs> that simple. <laughs> so make sure you're following them first. And Another thing is, is to make sure that you can tell the brand what you're going to do for them. Don't just be like asking everything that you want. I think people forget that you're approaching the brand. So you want to let them know what is the benefit going to be of the partnership. Um, Another thing would be if you want to work with a specific brand, I would just say for natural hair, since there's so many natural hair brands out here, like I used to look at people's profiles and be like, well, girl, you just worked with 75 other natural hair brands. So what Mm -hmm. makes what makes this one different? Right. And um, what is what's another another don't? I will say another do is to make sure that you are ready to work with brands. Again, professional business. I cannot tell you how many times I've worked with influencers like that didn't send me the invoice that you know were not professional. Please be professional. Even and even if you know the person, of course. I worked with a lot of people that I know, but it's like, sis, just because you know me doesn't mean that you don't have to be professional. I may have to forward this email to my boss. So you need to be professional in these emails when you're approaching brands. Don't be like, hey, girl, I would love to work with my L. You have to be professional still, no matter what. So when, from my knowledge is that when you're pitching a brand, you should keep it short and sweet. And like you said, tell them your deliverables. Um so what I want you to talk about is that, and like, what, what do you say in that short, concise way that'll get people to stop and look at your work? What's the subject line looking like? And then am I including my media kit and all that stuff on the first email or later on? I would not include your media kit or a rate sheet in the first email. You definitely want to get an intro first. Um, I would go in, keep it short and sweet, like you said, but just really let them know what benefit is it going to be for the brand working with you? Like, what are you able to provide? Do you have a unique idea? Say you want to jump on a call with the brand. I'm telling you, influencers are not pitching saying, I want to jump on a call with you to discuss my ideas. I think that that will get you way far ahead than most people who are not wanting to jump on calls with brands. Um, As far as the subject line, I usually... When I'm pitching to brands, I usually just do like my name, X brand or potential brand collaboration. Um, I think that those those get read. There's and there's so many different people saying so many different things about what you should put in the subject line. But you should just definitely have either like your name, your Instagram name, X, the brand or, you know, would love to partner with the brand or something like that. Just something to really get their attention um but definitely you know the simpler subject lines the better I don't think that there's one that works best than anybody else what I do is I would bold like not bold but put in like the brackets like Mm -hmm. potential partnership 
and then whatever it is. Right. And doing that just helps your job be a little bit easier, right? Like, I think a lot of times we're like, oh no, I don't want to approach the brand because um, I don't want them to think I'm all that or being pushy. But it's like, actually the person on the other end is looking for talent and for content and people to get products in the hands of. So go ahead and say, hey, this is a potential partnership in hopes of perking their ears up. Like, okay, I'll listen. <laughs> yes, yes. And don't be afraid to pitch your brand. The least they can say is no. But don't just pitch one brand. Like you should be pitching 20 brands because you're going to get no's. That's just yep. what it's going to be. But you just got to keep pitching. And again, please make sure that these brands resonate with your brand and who you are and your audience because it can go left field like of course I wouldn't be talking about flat tummy tea I'm not trying to lose Mm -hmm. weight so you know that's I just would never work with a brand that doesn't fit my brand right 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 so after you've sent that short and sweet concise email right um and you've pitched them for a call how do you then and they're like all right cool we we love your idea what's your price How do you come up with a price that, you know, values your work, but you won't offend anybody? How do you come up with your rates? Well, don't worry about offending the brand because you have to charge what you think. So I get this question a lot. And I think that the whole rate situation is just a topic that a lot of people bypass and they don't want to talk about. But there's a page called Influencer Pay Gap on Instagram that you can go on and see like what oh, yeah. different people are charging. But for me, I always start, I always would start with the base price. Okay. If I was working a nine to five, what would be hmm. the amount I would make in a day? Okay. I'll start there. Then do I got to buy a new outfit? How long is this going to take me to do this? Am I going to have to edit the content? Am I going to have to hire a photographer? Am I going to have to buy props? Am I going to have to rent a space? I put all of that into what my rate would be. So I have a base price and then everything else is like, okay, if it's two Instagram posts, that's more money because now you want two in-feed posts. You want two videos. Like I seen, I got some pitch today about some a brand it was one of those things that you could apply to I don't I don't really apply to those anymore but it looked enticing but then they was like two videos I was like for this right right um so just base your price off of everything that you know that you're gonna have to do and again I you I always start with okay if I was at a nine to five if my rate that I was going to make in a day would be a hundred dollars 125 dollars I'm gonna start there if it's five hundred dollars start there I mean, that's still, you know, but start there. And if you look at your numbers too, because sometimes we'd be like, oh, I'm just going to charge this brand $2,500 when you have a hundred followers. I mean, you have to make it make sense too for the brand. Just do know that while we have people out here talking about charge your worth and charge, 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 you still have to go off of what your value is going to be on social media with your following, with your engagement, that all still matters. I totally agree. That's why I love I love the idea of charging your worth, but it's like let's be realistic. You know what I mean? You can't come out the gate charging fast acts with 200 followers, but you can maybe ask for 300 bucks and that'll take your phone bill off your plate. That's how I used to do it. I'd be like, "What bill do I need?" You know what I mean? Like, "What do I need to get off my my hands um okay cool so we we've done all of work right we in here we starting to make a little bit of money from social media we feeling good feeling great one thing um you don't hear influencers talk a lot about is the burnout 
the different opinions that come on your comments when you know you post a cute hairstyle and they be like, Well, I like your hair this way. How like how do you deal <laughs> with just um just not the the glitzy part of being an influencer, like maybe some of the criticism or not getting the pitch that you wanted. It's a stressful job. How do you cope with all of that? Yeah, so fortunately for me, I have not had very many like bad comments or trolls or anything like that. I'm I consider myself very lucky because I know it's a lot of influencers that like get that stuff. But girl, my block game is strong. If you come in my DM <laughs> with the problem, I will block you because I don't do toxic people. So if you want to come in my DMs or underneath my posts, I'll just delete it. I won't even go there with the person. I don't have time to go back and forth with people. Um as far as burnout, you have to schedule yourself vacations. Even as an influencer, content creator, it can get overwhelming. So make sure that you are scheduling time to like clear your mind because burnout is real. I remember I was doing campaign back to back to back. And I'm like, the money's good, but this is a lot. I don't know if it was like last year, I had got like five campaigns in like June or July or something. It was like my highest grossing month ever, but it was like, it was so much. And you have to remember these due dates. You have to remember when stuff is due because a lot of the times with the brands, you got to send them the content before you can even post it. And what if yep. they want an edit? They want you to do it all over. <laughs> I forbid you have to do it all uh-huh. over. Yep. So yeah. definitely just make sure that you are keeping level-headed. I meditate every day. And I think that definitely helps me to clear my mind. Um, and just, yeah, make sure that you are being organized because that will help you too it's like you can get all these brand deals but if you're not organized and knowing what you're doing it's gonna be a lot and how do you stay organized what what apps or calendars are you using to help you stay on top of all of that stuff everything I use my Google I use Google Calendar and I also more recently started using ClickUp it's like a project management system it's like Trello and Asana in one but I use that for my clients and I also use it for myself um for my and my assistant, like, so we're all in there with different projects. Um, I need to add some more stuff in there today. Me but too. It, it's just, it keeps me, it keeps me organized. Gotcha. And before we go, I think it would be a good note to end on what, who can be an influencer and like, what does it mean? I remember when we started using that word a lot, I used to shy away from it. Like it was kind of shameful. Like, oh no, I, I'm just, it's just little old me. Right. But it doesn't have to be a dirty word, right? Right. A lot of people don't like the term influencer because it does have a bad rap. But anybody can be influencer. If you're influencing your family and friends to eat healthy, you're an influencer. If you're influencing your mama to buy some pants that you had on that she liked, you're an influencer. I just think that whatever meaning you put behind it, that's what it means. I feel like I'm an influencer and I love being influenced because I know I'm impacting people. I know I'm helping other people. I'm inspiring people by whatever it is that I'm doing. So you just have to think about it like that and not think about it as such of a bad thing because of the bad rap that it has. But anybody can be influenced. Your eight-year-old grandmother can be an influencer if she wanted to. I mean, I don't think there's any limits. I think that we just have to stop thinking of it as such a negative thing. It's just because it is so new and people are like, well, I thought it was only celebrities and Kim Kardashian who can be an influencer, but no, no, no. A regular everyday person like me and you can definitely be an influencer and make good money doing it. 
Amen. Thank you so much, for Michelle, for joining us on the show. Now, tell us where to find you and what services you offer to help us get on our social media game. I know I fell off completely. I used to be in there with you like, girl, I'm about to post every day. Now you'd be lucky if you found me on Instagram. So how can we get some of your help? <laughs> so, yes, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram name is Michelle L. Thames, which is my last name. Um, my social media agency is Thames Media Solutions. And at Thames Media Solutions, we help creators. So if you are an influencer, creator, entrepreneur, service provider, we help creators and also brands. Um, brands is more so focused on our social media management. We work with product-based businesses to do their social media management. But if you are a creative, um, I do have services for you. I offer strategy VIP intensive days. Um, I also offer consulting calls and coaching programs. So definitely check out the website, thingsmediasolutions.com, and you can find out um, those services there. All right. Well, thank you so much for dropping all these gems. Be sure to follow Michelle over on Instagram and let her know you heard her on the podcast. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Jessica. This was so good. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope that today's conversation just helped demystify some of that social media mystique, right? You can be an influencer. You're already doing it, so you might as well get paid. Now, if Michelle and I mentioned anything in today's episode, like the affiliate leaks and the Sato and all that jazz, be sure to check out the show notes. Just go to thesundayjumpstart.com and click on episode number 116 and everything that we referenced will be there for you to get your click on and to sign up for and make some money off of oh um be sure to let michelle know that you heard her over here on the podcast her instagram handle is at michelle l thames michelle l thames the letter l okay um as always thank you so much for tuning in if you could do me a favor and go into apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review that really does help get our make ish happen message out there now you're like jessica i don't listen to you on Apple Podcasts. I'm over here on Spotify minding my business. That's all good. Take a screenshot of today's episode. Tag Michelle. Tag at the Sunday Jumpstart. That helps us get the word out as well. Okay, y'all. I will be back here this Wednesday with a quick tip. And this quick tip is about your LinkedIn bio. When I go to people's LinkedIn bios, I see so many different things, right? Download my printable. Sign up for my e-newsletter. Do this, do this, do that. Well, there's a thing called decision fatigue and having all of those options can sometimes repel your audience. So this quick tip, we're going to talk about how to make that a little bit more um, digestible and to get your audience to take action. So be sure to tune in this Wednesday. It's a quick five minute long episode that'll help you take action and finish the week strong. As always, I love you. I am praying for you. I'm rooting for you. Be blessed. Stay encouraged. Have an awesome week and I will see you here soon. Bye.